Madeline from Midwife. David Nance. Seth Graham. Kiaville. Mike from Uniform. Lee Noble. Braden J. What's up? This is Ryan Hall with Tome to the Weather Machine podcast. I'm here with Kyle Cook, aka Glassy, from Nottingham, UK, now living in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's November 6th, 2019? Yes, the 6th. Uh, it's around 9.14 p.m. We're in the attic slash third story of my house uh, recording this podcast. So, Kyle, Thank you so much for coming by and talking to me. I know this has been a little while in the making, um, but I was first introduced uh, to Kyle's music through his partner, Ash, um, and they told me that you know this person that they're dating in the UK was making this like really amazing kind of forward-thinking electronic music, and I remembered the name, and I remember it took me a couple of spellings to get it, but then I got it, and uh, I was really, really super impressed. And so um, you've definitely made kind of a name for yourself in, in kind of a lot of electronic circles, and so I'm really stoked to be able to chat with you tonight. So this interview is just gonna kind of take the same format that a lot of these do. Uh, I'm very interested in hearing um, about sort of growing up early musical experiences, first albums that you fell in love with, um, first shows, and sort of what goes into sort of the mix of, of uh, genres and influences that um, kind of make up your music. So I guess we can start from the beginning. So tell me a little bit about where you're from. Tell me a little bit about Nottingham for those of us who have not been there. So I grew up in Nottingham, which is like located in the middle of England, but I guess it's considered more the north because of the cultural influences there and how everything is built. So even things down to the architecture and stuff look very much like Manchester. There's a lot of like red brick um, and it generally just gets a lot more like gloomier than mm. was if you would see live in London or something because it's very like post-industrial. Like there was lots of um, factories there and it's very built on like working class culture and living so if you could just briefly summarize or sort of over generalize what is like kind of the culture of where you're from i would have to say um definitely music and the arts um there's lots of different things coming out of there uh, lots of different musicians and nights and interesting things happening and it's also been the base for a lot of things fashion related to um like there's a couple of designers that um originated from there so it's it seems to be something that carries like quite heavily like around the city when when you're just living there even it's quite there's always something going on and 
Cool. So tell me a little bit about growing up. What were some early memories that you have associated with music or kind of hearing something that you like for the first time? I think I I first kind of got into it as a kid. Um, and I'd have like LimeWire on my family's computer. <laughs> and I had to spend like a bunch of time like just downloading stuff on there. Um, and it, it just happened that there was like folders of different genres of music that you could browse. Um, and that was how I ended up discovering like stuff like trance music and things like that because it was very widely shared on there um, and it was very accessible. So I would just download it and then hope it wasn't like a, a Bill Clinton speech. Uh, <laughs> and then... You can never you can never quite tell because I remember like the uh, the like the tags were like super super long and you kind of had to wade through these like long string of like numbers and and letters and stuff to actually figure out what it is. So. Exactly, like they're all kind of named like very um, silly. What if, what if you did stumble across a bunch of Bill Clinton's speeches, and instead of getting into electronic music, you got into kind of centrist like democratic politics? <laughs> so it'd be a very that's different a, interview. That's a thought. It would be a very different life. <laughs> <laughs> you probably couldn't run for office though. No, definitely yeah. not. I'm not cut out for that. Mm. Well, I think you have to be born in the United States. That's another to thing. be to be president. Yeah. But you could be MP. I I could be MP. PM. Yeah. MP. PM. Is that a difference? MP. I think it's. And a PM? I think it's. Uh, there is definitely a difference somewhere in there. Okay. But I'm not too familiar. But thank God you got connected with trance music and not Bill Clinton speeches. Ex- exactly. I feel like I probably be more sim- similar to like an Ali G figure where I'd legalize weed and um, take the tax off the rolling papers. There's high taxes on rolling papers? Yeah, there is mm. in England. It's, it's criminal. Yeah, wow, they <laughs> find ways to get you. So so you, you kind of got into early trance or trance music. Yeah. Um, sort of the world was your oyster in terms of you know, just exploring stuff through LimeWire, downloading stuff. Can you remember, um, I think that's, that's one thing that in maybe a little bit of a translation in, in the U.S. is that there are sort of these really hard and fast kind of genres like in the U.K. that um, mean like different things over here. So when you talk about like garage, you know, I think of like, moppy hair you know like the sonics or you know uh like garage rock but uk garage you know has a much different connotation and when you say dubstep you know you're talking about something very specific while over here i think of like sub bass like um (laughs) so um yeah so um what were some early kind of discoveries that you found in, in those styles? Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be sp- specifically dubstep or oh, okay. uh, UK garage, but just kind of in, in some of those genres that you know, we, we might not have a working knowledge of over here in the States. I, I guess with UK garage, it's um, it was a kind of a style of music that developed from house music in America, um, but people started doing things of it in England where it was kind of skippy and offbeat, and it carried like more of a different influence to it from like um even like ragger and jungle um so there'll be like breaks and things that were sampled in it um and it would later develop into something completely different that sounded completely different from house music 
Um, and it was maybe a little bit before my time, but I was exposed to it as a kid because my cousin was a DJ and he would spin um, UK Garage classics and things like that. Um, and he was a vinyl turntablist, so he would often buy the records on wax and play them. Um, and that was actually how I learned to spin. So it was by spinning those kinds mm. of records and happy hardcore. And what is happy and hardcore? It's a very fast, up-tempo style of music that is just absolutely crazy. It's like having like 10 energy drinks um, <laughs> on the best day of your life. <laughs> is that different than Gabber? Yes. What's, like, what's the difference? I feel like Gabber is way more noisier. Mm. It's less focused on the melodic elements, but more like the rhythmic elements. Mm. Of, um, I'd say like, I'd compare Gabber sonically more to techno and happy hardcore more to trance but okay. just way way faster got and it. more abrasive got it um and obviously completely different styles mm-hmm. got it so uh gabber is a little bit more heavy on like the the rhythmic element the focus on the kind of the hard beat yeah absolutely okay cool so um and so you said you your cousin kind of exposed you to djing and you learned to dj through spinning records yes um and was that um were you like a teenager at that point yeah i was about i was very young like maybe about 11 years old or something so i didn't feel like i fully had a grasp on what it really was about then or anything i wasn't able to go out to nights and right party um so i wasn't even able to make music at that point so it was just really me finding the stuff that I knew what that I liked, and then um, just learning something new. Um, and he later then gave me the music software that I learned to make music on. Awesome. Um, and was there was there music being played like in your house? What um, when you were growing up? What was um, what was being played kind of around you or kind of in the air when you were growing up? De- definitely. So it was it w- there was just so much different music. Um, like. Definitely happy hardcore, trance, and UK garage, and also hip hop that he mm. kind of played a lot in the house. It'd be super loud, mm-hmm. and he he essentially came to live with us because he was a really bad kid, and he got kicked out of his home because he was smoking weed and stuff in there and playing all this loud music. And then, but my family is very accepting of having him there. Mm. So with him showing me all this stuff it kind of led me into like a new world of music that i didn't know before um my granddad um is also very into like old psychedelic rock records okay. and stuff like that so huh. that was definitely something that i picked upon being around him a lot when he would take care of me he would play this really crazy music of like organ solos and Whoa. things in it with like phases on and cool it's really wild so it sounds like he was like maybe into kind of some weirder like kraut rock stuff or I-, I would say it was more like um like older um american music and british music too okay. like he was big into the beatles and things okay. he had like 10 beatles vhs oh wow were all like <laughs> these different things i never actually watched any of them but it I used to think the covers were cool to look at. And so when did you um, start making music sort of on your own? I think uh, it would have been two years after I learned to DJ. So Mm -hmm. I I must have been about 13 or something crazy like that. And it was my cousin, the same guy, who gave me um, the music software. And 
it was initially it was FL Studio and this stuff okay. thing called EJ Dance, mm. um, which is like a loop sequencer, and it was really simple and there wasn't really much sound design or anything involved mm-hmm. in that. It was just me putting loops together. Gotcha. And once I became interested in that and I found it fun. I then figured out how to use FL Studio more because at first it was just really intimidating to me. I didn't, I was too young to really be able to process what everything was or have the concentration anyway that was mm-hmm. required. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started to enjoy it more from learning the loop software. And what would you say your your earliest stuff sounded like or was influenced by? It sounds way more like like European club music okay. from like the early 2000s or something. Like I said, kind of on that tip of being like hardcore and like mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. Could, could you give me any like reference points, like any artists that you'd be like, I was trying to rip off this or I was trying to yeah, do this? Yeah, was, there's an artist called Darren Styles, um, and he's like very big in the UK hardcore scene and he was primarily one of my influences when I first started making music. I used to just want to copy his music. Sure. Um, and it, it definitely turned out to be some kind of weird hybrid between that and then lots of like hip hop and stuff too. Mm. And I feel like that was partly what has made my sound the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Like it's originated from that very weird crossover of mm-hmm. things. What, what, um, what hip hop artists were kind of really influential or... Uh, important to you growing up i guess like the first record i ever bought was um aliens by outcast oh yeah like, wow, aliens yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um and um that album i thought was looked cool just because of the cover on it like being a kid it was like oh it looks kind of like a comic book mm-hmm. and i i ended up really enjoying it and then th- it's been one of my favorite albums for years and years mm-hmm. like i'll still bump it now mm-hmm. and make me feel like a kid again mm-hmm. like and i was just so mind blown by how creative the lyricism was and how it was able to make me uh, think beyond what I thought was possible and just the beats and the instrumentals like there was just so much to get from that like I I just never really heard anything else like it Mm -hmm. were there any like UK hip-hop artists that um, spoke to you or was it mostly kind of American hip-hop artists mostly American but um my mentor at college produced a lot of UK hip-hop music too, so he put me on to a lot of that. Um, it was specifically stuff from the early 90s, it was very underground, like mm. a lot of old UK hip-hop from Nottingham even. Um, he did also make a few records for some US artists too, so he kind of just showed me a lot of different stuff with that. Very cool. And so you are like 13, you're learning FL Studio, you're creating this weird hybrid of American hip-hop meets, like, U- <laughs> European club music. <laughs> um, where did that kind of go from there? Where, How did that progress into maybe a little bit more of what you're doing now? I guess it's kind of weird, because after that point, I started to just completely take a 360 on the style of music I was making, and then I started to just make, like, jungle and drum and bass, mm. uh, particularly drum and bass for... Mm-hmm years and years and even some like dubstep and house music and it was more like i guess like kind of edm closer sounding Mm -hmm. for a while um and then i just realized that i didn't have as much fun making that because it was like i felt like i had to make a certain style of music and i think 
as I left school and started to go to college, when I got a bit older, it was weird. I kind of went straight back to my first influences when I was a kid, when I was making that weird kind of music that was that crossover between like hip hop and like European club music. And then I think I started to focus on that more and just more experimental styles of music and being open minded to like whatever I was just into. Like it, it doesn't matter what style of music something is. Like if I like it, I like it. Mm -hmm. And I'll try and incorporate that creatively into something. And it can be something as so small as, as a snare drum, something as complex as like uh, sound design. And... Mm -hmm. So you so you're in high school, then you went to college. Um, what did you go to college for? I went to college for music. Okay. Um, so I specifically studied uh, like a studio stuff and sound for films. So how oh. to score like films and that kind of thing. And it. It was definitely very beneficial to learning equipment and how to set things up properly and like the do's and don'ts of recording artists and things too even to like you know not shouting directly into a microphone <laughs> right right stuff like that which i wasn't even aware of before um and i still use that stuff now like yeah. I'm, i've been shouting directly into the microphone this whole time so i'm, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm really i'm you're really good. glad you told me that that's not something that you're supposed to do <laughs> you're, you're <okay. laughs> um so cool so you were you were in did you go to college in nottingham yes okay yes. and was there and and so this at this point you were probably going out to clubs you were probably were you like djing in clubs or were you mostly going out playing like playing music what was the what was the scene like in nottingham i was like really excited to go out like every night like mm -hmm. i just wanted to go out and go to these like weird basement clubs and just listen to techno all night with my friends and um i did start djing after that and um that was definitely a massive exposure at that age to a lot of like drug culture mm -hmm. because it's a lot more relaxed in england and a bit different especially when i was at the age i was at college so kind of having that kind of went hand in hand with the music that i was appreciating um and it was just such a good time like we'll go out we'll like party till like 5 a.m just listening to like weird techno tracks and things and then i would often go home at those early hours in the morning and make music all night mm -hmm. until i had to get up the next morning even mm -hmm. for college so it was like i would just finish making a song and they'd be like oh i've got to get on the train and go to college now <laughs> <laughs> and so that that is a bit of a maybe a different culture than and especially kind of where we are kind of in the midwest um and so these parties and 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 in shows where you said they were kind of like underground like basement shows and yeah there there was a lot that were in clubs um because i guess clubs in england are a little bit different to here where they are there's a lot more going on constantly like there'll be something happening every night in that mm -hmm. city um somewhere and it, not just like um unofficially like officially like i said in venues and things but then on the other, on the flip side, there, there would be house parties and things too. And there would often be a DJ in like the basement mm -hmm. or in a room of the house where people would just go in, just like have a good time and dance. And I, I really appreciated that. It was, it was just nice. Mm -hmm. And were there other people kind of in that scene that were interested in similar music to you that maybe you were influenced by? definitely um the guy that put me onto my first show actually we were 
both very into similar types of music. Um, and he started running this uh, UK Garage night, and that was when he asked me if I wanted to DJ my first show. And I really liked um, listening to him DJ. I thought he had a really good taste, and we we just hit it off. And I, I decided to go in with this night and just um, play it. Cool. Uh, so, um, who who were some of the maybe artists that from are, are there any artists kind of from that era that are still putting out music that you still, like, are associated with or friends with or anything like that? I would say um, an artist that I really enjoy that's from my hometown is Lone. Mm. Um, he's signed to R&S Records, which is like a, a techno label. Mm-hmm. And he makes very, like, visual music. Like, it's always very interesting and different. And there's not a single piece of music from him that I don't like. Hmm. I really enjoy all of it. And it's cool because he still plays shows around the city and things, like, quite regularly. And um, being able to see him DJ is definitely an experience. Cool. Actually, just, um, we were talking earlier, um, the show that I just DJed at, my friend Dustin told me, he's like, oh, I just got this new Lone track. And so, Ah, yeah. yeah, cool. Um, and so when did, when did Glassy start? When did you start like recording under the name Glassy or kind of playing out as Glassy? I think that would be around the time when, um, I said, I started to kind of go back to what I originally was kind of into. Cause I was kind of like, I just want a fresh, clean sleep where I can just, um, just do whatever my mind feels like and create whatever I want to hear. And I was making, um... A lot of this style of music called UK Grime at mm. the time. Um, Grime's a little bit more associated with hip-hop, right? Yeah, I guess it's like um, more closely related to dancehall, okay. um, but it definitely has elements of hip-hop mm-hmm. in it. And it, I guess that kind of ties into the sound system culture. Um, what is that? It's uh, part of something in Jamaica where they will set up like a sound system and they'll play like an instrumental and they'll have like an MC often spit over the top. Okay. Um, and that would often have things like reloads and things involved, which is where the DJ will spin back the song if the crowd is feeling it, uh. and it'll kind of create this like hype. And I was like very into that, and there was lots of local MCs in my area, and they were all like spitting like over different kinds of beats and things, and I just started to make them some, um, and it was definitely crazy being able to like go to mc battles and things between like two people and like watch them like spit over something that i'd made and this would often just be like in a back alley somewhere with like a car door open and it's just playing (laughs) really loud on a sound system and there would just be there'll maybe be about 20 people huddled in a circle and there'll just be two guys like in the middle like having like a proper like battle and Quite often, these battles and things would be fierce, too. Like, there was some really big beefs in my city that got quite out of control. And But it was cool to see them settle it, like, through music. Mm. Like, there was definitely an emphasis on them settling it through the music. And that was just really awesome. So it really did kind of come back to your first two kind of loves of European kind of club music and hip-hop precisely because i guess um like it definitely has always had like influences from those styles of music too with like the synthesis and the way the rhythms and things flow so so you started kind of with glassy doing um a little bit more grime based work kind of playing instrumentals for um for some of these 
uh, like MC battles and stuff like that. When did um, when did kind of glassy as a kind of conceptual project where you're making sort of the music that you're making now, where it's you know super high BPM, but it's also very melodic and it's kind of like nostalgic in in this in this sense. Um, when did when did you kind of hit that stride? I think there was a point when I was making all those beats and things where I just thought like you know what, forget it. I just want to make exactly what I want to hear and listening to all different genres of music, like everything from like noise to like mm-hmm. um, metal and things like that. It was incorporating like harsher elements into yeah. my music and trying to do something with it that was a little bit more like unconventional sounding to my ears where it wasn't necessarily so like on grid and perfect. Right. Like learning to embrace the imperfections in music, like a lot of those styles of music have with like distortion and things and overdrive, um, which I think is fascinating. And being able to like kind of experiment with that of electronic music was like really interesting. Like I there wasn't many artists I really heard at that time that were like doing that and the ones that I did hear doing that, I've really loved it. Like uh, Flying Lotus mm-hmm. and um, Hudson Mohawk, mm-hmm. artists like that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And so what what year was that kind of around? I guess that was like around the time I was about midway through college. Okay. So at that point, I was going out to all those shows and things. Um, and I, I just kind of just wanted to break the boundaries away from the style of music I was making and focus on just making it like... I'm just going to make whatever I want it to sure. sound like. So if, if somebody's, you know, never heard your music before, how would you describe Glassy as, like, um, a project or a concept? I would, um, I would hope to just describe it as just me making music that I enjoy. And I, I like to kind of leave meanings and things and concepts behind my music, like, ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Because I've... I find that people interpret music so differently. Like, I'll definitely kind of give it my interpretation with um, the artwork and things like that. But I I try to leave it ambiguous, Mm -hmm. for sure. I just create, like, out of intuition and what I feel. Yeah, a lot of your artwork does feel kind of, especially with the last um, record you put out, kind of very nostalgic for, like, a UK club culture. Um, Can can you tell me a little bit about the way that... um, you've sort of incorporated that into your in, into your artwork and into your project? I guess, like, around the time, um, I was actually visiting home again in England, so I kind of started to see more of the that visual imagery and I, the intuition I was feeling at that time, because it was, like, winter time. Mm. was definitely kind of, like, more... I want to make, like, rave music. Cool. And it was around the time me and my partner also went to Amsterdam. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, seeing, kind of being in those places definitely had, like, an influence on what I wanted the art to look like. Um, I collaborated with another designer. Um, I asked him to do, like, the work on it, and I told him exactly, like, kind of what I wanted it to look like. And I gave him a lot of creative freedom and was just like, you know, see what you can do with that. And he... I was really happy with how he made it. Like, it looks kind of like a vinyl sleeve. Or right, 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 yeah. Um, and so you have a new album coming out. Yes. Um, when When is that coming out? I guess I don't have an official release okay. date yet, um, but I submitted it to the label two nights ago. Okay. So I've literally just finished it, I guess. But I'm hoping it will be out, like, soon. Mm-hmm. I, um, 
it just felt like it naturally came together. So I'm I'm in no rush to get it out there so quickly as I know the last one maybe dropped around like February time. Sure. Um, but it, the fact that it came together so naturally means that it's it's ready. Cool. Um, and what can you tell us about that record? I feel like um, it's definitely different to anything else I've made before. Um, I try to just like let my influences with ambient music and things like that flow a lot more. And I feel like the kind of aesthetic sonically that I wanted to get down was, it definitely has those rave vibes, but I wanted it to sound like futuristic, mm. kind of like music you would hear in like the Blade Runner universe in like the future like if you went to a rave in the film blade runner that's how i'd want it to like sound like it's kind of like really moody and cyberpunk sounding and that's that was kind of like the aim direction with it that's cool i was uh, i always like uh remember being very disappointed when i would be watching like these like dystopian sci-fi movies and like they go to the club and it's like white zombies playing or like you know i'm just like oh like like we're in the future and like we're still like listening to like shitty 90s like uh <laughs> like new metal like with like yeah with like you know hard you know techno beats behind it or whatever yeah i was always like super disappointed so your version of future raves sounds a lot more on my alley than like leather bar and <laughs> rob zombie uh that, playing that's um exactly like what i was like thinking watching films like that i was like you know there needs to be like some kind of like rave scene in a club where there's like music that sounds like it's from the future right like, right I, I guess i hadn't really heard it so it's not I like want, paul yeah. oakenfold yeah and like <laughs> some like person like in leather and like a snake like draped around their neck and, <laughs> It's like the lame, like we're already living in like the lamest version of the future. Like, <laughs> let's just not double down on it. Cool. So, um, you moved to the States about two years ago, um, living in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I like it here because I, f I feel like it's kind of better that I'm so removed from the same thing. Like it kind of opens me up to new perspectives and new experiences which i think is what like helps me write and mm. also being here with my partner and having like our home and things is just and it's a nice place to be to work on things when i want to and I, yeah i just kind of like being away from the whole craziness mm -hmm. sometimes yeah i mean you, you kind of set you kind of like uh, transplanted one sort of like post-industrial city for another so it, it does feel like that <laughs> i i definitely do draw certain similarities in specific things like the whole kind of like warehouse district feeling mm -hmm. it's very similar you definitely get that here yeah cool um have you it, but you but since being here you've you've traveled quite a bit to play shows both in you know europe and in in here um has that been something that's kind of been picking up for you more of, of kind of going out and playing like these festivals and one-off shows and stuff like that? I guess as of recently, I've decided kind of to take a bit of a break while I was working on my record uh, because I, I like to put like so much effort into my live shows that it can quite often overtake the writing process sure. or the writing process overtakes that. Right. You're getting ready for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I guess like my plan currently has been to get the record done 
and now I'm going to get it released, and then I think I'm definitely going to start doing a lot more shows. Cool. I feel like that the time is now, and I feel the most ready that I have been before, um, with the writing side and the live performance side, which is something that I feel like I I felt less confident in before. That's exciting. I mean, that's exciting that maybe you're, you're, you're feeling more confident and you just, like, pick up and play. Yeah. Yeah, that's good for us. That's good for Cincinnati. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, um, I think that's that's about all the questions I have for you. Um, anything um, like anything recently that you've been listening to that you want to plug or that you've just been like really kind of like like geeking out on? I'd say there's this artist um, called uh Quedo, and he makes like really good music it kind of like has like a, a footwork juke kind of feeling to the pace of it but it definitely has that kind of whole futuristic club vibe thing i was talking about and his records are just so slept on like they're so amazing how do you and, spell that um k-u-e-d-o okay cool i'm pretty i'm not sure if the pronunciation of mm-hmm. what i said was correct sure. but um definitely look up his music i think you would enjoy it yeah yeah definitely will well thank you so much for coming over and um chatting with me and dealing with our dogs you're Uh, welcome (laughs) i i love dealing with the dogs (laughs) well cool well this has been kyle cook aka glassy for home the weather machine podcast oh this is the time where i'll be fading out into uh glass